0: Shut up and sit down. Welcome to the Roofer Report, brought to you by Roofer.com. All right, everybody, welcome to the Roofer Report. I am Pete McKendrick from Roofer, uh, your host, and I am joined today by uh, two good friends of mine and... uh, (laughs) And industry experts, I would say, in the area that we're going to talk about today, uh, you know, tech in your business, how you can use tech to improve your business, how it's going to help streamline your workflow. So I've got John Broch, John with uh, Ugly Roof and Meredith Home Improvements. Uh, you know, I would consider him more or less a wizard in this. <laughs> Self-taught wizard, I guess, would be a good way of putting it. Uh, you know, John has uh, has really mastered the use of tech and, and employing it throughout the the workflow that they use every day. And, uh, you know, today's going to talk a little bit about, you know, uh, what they've seen, the improvements that they've seen in, in just their business based off of that. And then Aaron Trujillo from uh, A True Consulting. Uh, Aaron is our CRM uh, guru here and, and process flow guru. So uh, really excited to have you guys both. Um, you know, I'll give you guys just a quick second here to kind of throw some background at us and tell us, you know, how you got to where you're at. In this industry, and then uh, you know, and then we'll go from there.
1: Yeah, so I mean, I've been in the roofing industry my whole life. Um, I'm a Jimmy Buffett song I tell everybody, right? I'm a son of a son of a roofer, um, <laughs> so roofing's kind of in the blood. But uh, just uh, yeah, so the conversation today with tech, I mean, it's it's fun to have this conversation because I've seen things change in just in two years, five years, ten years. Like you know, ten years ago, you were looking at you know small crms and just trying to go from paper to that and it's just cool to see the transition of where we're at now you know where you have a fully automated process that'll allow you more freedom in your um, in your work day and you know that type of thing so
2: absolutely right that's um where uh most industries are just always trying to innovate and there's fun fun tools always coming our way um it's basically what i try to help connect um uh roofers and contractors too it's like i I typically i just i just help them um them innovate and and kind of connect their daily processes over into the digital world and help actually educate to say that you can you can do everything that you're doing on paper everything that you're doing manually and we can find a tool that can digitize that which ultimately assists growth and scaling because you're no longer having to be in one set area to do your business. You can literally go anywhere and have a quick setup, a pretty quick setup once you are out there in, in these other virtual markets, or these other markets um, as you wanna grow, because you don't have to have this mass- massive infrastructure of filing cabinets and all that. You can literally, at if it's done really well, you can plug and you're, you're ready to go.
0: Yeah, I think one of the biggest things to note today, just what I've seen in the short number of years that I've been on this side of things, you know, uh, out of the field and more on the SaaS side of things is the amazing amount of technology that's come into this market just in the last couple of years. You know, I think that we, you know, we we started off, like John said, with some very simple CRMs and very limited choices. and, And we've kind of exploded here, right? Like we have so many uh, options now, you know, if I'm a new roofer or a small roofer uh, coming into this industry or fairly new to the industry, you know, I think it can be overwhelming, right? Like, I think it can be an overwhelming process, uh, you know, to pick which ones are the best options here and what do I need and what do I not need? You know, what is, what is a necessity and what is, you know, kind of a bells and whistles thing? And, uh, you know, what do your guys take, on that john i know you've probably employed probably the most uh, of most roofers that i know um as far as technology platforms go and and leveraging those you know what are your thoughts of what are kind of the essentials right like what are the things that i i would absolutely want to have you know if i'm a let's say a pen and paper guy
1: i mean if you're coming out of the the caveman days as i call them right with with the with pen and paper (laughs) I mean, the first thing that you got to do is have a good with with a CRM. Like, if you got to have a way to just track data, and that's the way I look at that. Is you're tracking data. It's not really that you're trying to do other things and all the frills and the fun stuff. You just need to track data. Um, one just to help you kind of focus on what's going on in the business. Um, you know what what jobs are profitable, what what jobs aren't. You know, going from a lead to a prospect into a job into production. You know being able to track data and keep everything stored in one on one place in my mind is is the first step you know so if 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 you think of it this way of having your desktop right it's just kind of like we've been when about the computers or microprocessors right what you're trying to do is you're taking that paper file and making it di- digital that's all we're trying to do you know and that way you can track it. so now you know freedom wise for uh for uh, a roofing contractors like if a homeowner calls you like you don't have to go to the office to go pull a file out. Right. You know, it'd be like, Hey, yeah, we did your roof three years ago. Let me send the guy out there. Um, so it, it gives you a lot of freedom to work from anywhere in the world. You know, that's the main thing. I think like that's the first powerful step, I think, is to be able to give yourself some freedom with that. You know, once you step past that, it's more about how do you make the business better? You know and how do you make things shorter faster quicker with integrations and other tools and that type of thing that's that's kind of where i would start the conversation at.
0: yeah i think that plays right into aaron what you kind of specialize in is the crm portion of it right and taking a business that maybe is using a smaller crm or a limited crm and and really maximizing the use of of that crm uh or possibly a new crm right and, and speak to the you know, how important that CRM is to have that set up and set up correctly, right? And I think that's a big part of it too. You know, you said something a long time ago to me in a webinar that really struck a chord is like, you look at their production first, right? You look at their production process and then you work backwards. And I think so many times people think like, oh, I got to find a CRM that's going to work, you know, efficiently with my sales process, or it's going to really focus on, my, on the sales end of my business when you're saying you got to actually work the other way, right? Because if the Mm -hmm. production end of it is not functioning the way it should, that process is not sound. You're just, you know, creating a backlog more or less, right? A log jam, uh, for the sales team. So, uh, you know, I guess speak to a little bit to what you see are, you know, the hurdles that people have to get over when adopting a CRM, what to look for in a CRM. Right. So that, I can find one that's a best fit because, you know, obviously there's some choices out there now and it's not a one size fits All right. So, you know, like, what are the things that I'm looking for to really like make that CRM fit my business? Yeah.
2: Um, I kind of want to go off of um, a little bit of what John was saying is um, looking for a good CM or basically a, a place where you want to start collecting data is is really important. But I think um, as far as, I mean, that's where, what you would talk to owners about, like getting in the CRM and, and this is where we're going to, what's the best tool to collect the data and, and get things in with this, with still the, with the mindset of who is actually gathering that data? What are the best tools of gathering? So your sales guys are the ones gathering that data. So being able to find two tools that, one, you have a, you have a catcher, you just need some a, a good system to be the pitcher. And if you don't, it's it's not going to make sense. I mean, um clients today a, a lot of them actually that's where they, their mind goes into. I need a data collector, a good data collector. But say I need the sales guys to find it really simple for me to get that data in there, especially when we're dealing with paper which in the like the real truth is is that gathering data is a really big challenge because this you you want to just get the bare minimum so we can get into production. And when we, when a, when a company needs data, you need to find a way to get it. And that, and the simplicity of the, of the programs that you use on, on the outside gets that data in and the redundancy for that. Um, and like you said, with production, I, I absolutely, that is a, a tool that. Um, in my experience, the, the companies that, that work best that are growing the best are when they have their production lined up, when they have their production on it, even in a paper world and and their production is solid adding technology there's there's a a, like a bump in the road to learn that but if it's simple and is very clear of what that production is when that's flowing as we talk when that's flowing it's i can i can tell my sales guys go ham get as many jobs as possible and then my collections are better because i'm pushing that information through the faster we get to completion the faster we can get to that um final check right so that's kind of what I look at and what I think all con- um, contractors need to look for in a system is um, taking care of that production, making sure that um, the, the data is coming in simply. And, and that could be very simplified, like systems that will not maybe not be part of that CRM, but a really good system that helps your salesman provide that um, data into the system then within an actual CRM um allow it to to kind of think about what what's your process is this something that I can am i making that decision and, and is my process just you know crap I don't know what I'm just kind of reacting to everything um then yeah there's there's options out there for for you to plug and play it's like okay this is set for me i'm going to get in there and i'm going to just use it whatever they tell me because i'm kind of just flying by the um flying by the the pit. was it um just just yeah I, I can't think of the word but uh <laughs> flying by the seat of my pants here or i've been i've been doing this for a while going to a system that kind of tells me what to do not going to work for me so they're going to need more customization on how can i take my process make as little adjustments for now because I kind of go to like what can I give you that I can foundationally build build into where this is my process now I would like to continue to do this as close as possible but I need to digitize it that's all I want to do right now that's usually my goal is like okay great let's get you into a system so at least you're digitizing so at least you're getting all this data into one place then mostly systems had lots and bells and whistles or lots of things that make your process and your growth better. Then we can start applying easily these better practices and, and, for, and kind of creating a better flow so through, through the system to make that happen. So those are things I really think you always keep in mind when you're selecting CRM, you have the owner and they have the owner hat on and they have their ideal of what they need. But we have to think about how, who is putting the data in what's your process on the outside and how can we find a system that's going to best utilize all the departments so that ultimately, if you do that, ultimately the owners and, and, and the, um, the interested parties can get what they want without a lot of fight in, in trying to gather data. I just have a lot that uh, this is what I want right now. And I have to explain like, well, we can't because I don't get, I don't have a, I can set reports up all day long. <laughs> I don't have data. <laughs> that's a really pretty piece of paper. <laughs> it's a really cool looking piece of paper is all it is. So that's usually what, what I talk to them about. They think they think, oh, I should have all these numbers, not if they're on paper, not if they're somewhere all over the place on a Google sheet somewhere. Sure, we can do some importing, but you're still only getting you're relying on what the people that are pushing the data are actually getting and if it's just I think I think this is what they want I want my me personally I want I want these numbers but this guy wants these numbers and the boss wants another those are things we have to put all together make it simple and make it redundant for sure
0: now John I want to ask you because I think that you guys were one of the I would say one of the earliest to really like go full bore into employing tech, right? I, I think that you guys took that leap of faith probably earlier than most in this industry, and uh, really embraced it, and have shown the dividends of doing that. And I want to talk, I guess, a little bit. You know, like I said, if I'm maybe a small guy and I'm new to it, uh, you know, maybe I'm hesitant, may, or maybe I'm a traditional guy, like maybe I've been in business a long time, I've been doing it the pen and paper way, and it, you know, it's not broken, it's just not super efficient. You know. What made you guys decide, you know, what did you guys look at? And what made you guys decide like, Hey, we need to go this route. Like we need to use tech because it's going to do X for our business.
1: So, I mean, there's, there's a couple of things there. The main thing's freedom, you know I mean? Being able to not be chained to an office, right? So like our office is actually tiny, but nobody works in it. So everybody that works in our company and we've got 25 employees now, they all work mobile and remote and, it keeps your overhead down. So even though you're, you're spending more money on tech, you're actually spending less money on overhead, right? So that's one of the main thing, things there. I mean, and the other part is just the transparency of being shorter, faster, quicker, right? So I learned that in the military, shorter, faster, faster quicker. You want to try to find a straight line approach to everything you can. Um, you know, like watching basketball the other night and I'm sitting there going, man, that guy's getting straight line drived on, right? Because he's not stepping over but that's the but that's the most effective way to get anywhere is is in a straight line, right? Um, and the and the faster that you can do that, the more efficient you are, and the better the customer services, and the better life that you have. I mean, as far as like it, it, all kind of circulates back to to freedom on the owner. One thing that I learned over my last I don't know twenty years with this is well, I mean, in 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 the tech space it's probably ten years, but well, one the one thing that I've learned is we have three things that we can give, right? It's time, treasure, and talent. And most important is time. So most of us trade our time for treasure, right? That's what we're doing. I go to work, they pay me to go to work, and I'm I'm basically exchanging my time for for treasure. When you're able to really implement the correct tech and have the right process and whiteboard it out and get somebody like Aaron to really just lay it out for you, you know now you now you're trading time for time right so now it's 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 a new trade in my mind of like i'm trading time for time instead of time for for money right um because now this is doing a lot of the intermediate tasks or stuff that i could have hired people out and recruit higher higher training and, and it's not that i'm anti-people i mean i i mean we've got a big staff i love people the more automations i have the more that they don't have to do data entry right you know i mean that That was my big kick this year which was to go to zero data entry which is impossible but i tried to get as much of that as that as possible so on the lead and marketing side now i'm down to like there's seven to ten percent of data entry because i've integrated with you know with with lsas and you know everything google has and everything facebook has and everything that everybody has right and in my mind, that's freedom and and when you can help your people work better and focus on the tasks that that need to happen, you know, which is the customer and the relationships. Um, in my mind, that's the most important part is is getting to that freedom part and trading time for time. You know, when when we get stuck in that rut of actually I had this conversation last night and I'll bring it up because I was talking to a guy like, you know, he goes he he wanna leave his job, he's a good friend of mine. And, um, and we started talking. He's like, he, the guy just we just micromanages me. And so we started breaking that down as his friend. I'm like, listen, I'm like, do you know why people micromanage, right? He's like, well, I, I don't know. It's like, because they don't have a macro. They don't have a big picture of They don't have a process, right? And, and and it comes down to trust. So so when you think about an owner, well, I can't hire somebody, but I don't trust anybody. That's usually the biggest barrier to entry to growing and scaling a business it's like they can go to that one to two million dollar spot and do everything in the business but they don't trust anybody I don't trust anybody right but I trust the process and and the systems you put in play and once you're able to have the micromanagement part the micro process says part as I call it right it's when it's in play and, and it flows I mean I mean I had COVID and I was pretty bad sick and I was off for eight weeks and the company ran itself like I come back and I'm like, man, everybody's still here, you know, the place didn't blow up. Right. <clears throat> so that's the main thing that I found in it is just you don't have to micromanage anybody anymore. Like it does it itself. Right. You know, you're training people and personalities then at that point. And you 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 give that freedom to your employees to actually do the fun part of their job, which is talking to customers and actually getting work done. I mean, that would be my
0: answer to that, again. Yeah. I mean, I think this is a good segue, Aaron, into a conversation I think that you and I have had before, but, you know, talk about the importance of understanding what your process is. I think so many times you find, right, you get into these conversations with these owners that are like, yeah, I want to employ a CRM, but when you start to dive into it, and I used to, you know, in my past life when I worked for a CRM, we'd get into the same conversation. Let's lay out your flow. And you find that they don't even really know what their flow is, right? Like it's very, uh, it's very tough for them to really like have a good understanding of what they're trying to accomplish and what steps are involved in that. Right?
2: Right. Yeah. It's, it's usually, um, uh, getting comfortable reaction. And, and that's typically what I find they've gotten real comfortable reaction and wonder at the end of the day, why they're so stressed and overwhelmed. And, um, even when it's great right it's when then just work is just flowing and just coming in they find themselves very stressed and very overwhelmed and should be like man this is such a great thing but it's because there it's all reaction it's this comes in okay i got to do this this comes in i got to do this why isn't everybody on the same page as me why isn't everybody working as hard as i am why isn't everybody running as fast as i am because this is this is what we're looking for this is what we want we want all this work but nobody it's it's because they're like well what do i do first what what do i what do you need from me um where a lot of times that's that's where i find a lot of um a lot of contractors when you try to implement a system they fall right back into that because that's what they know they're like you know i don't want to learn this new thing i get it to be better for me but i have i have to get to work i don't have time right because they're reacting they're used to that reaction and that's what a lot i find in and the, it's the process it's Oversight, like John says, having that oversight when they're a CRM, that's a huge thing. You're not asking, you're not relying on your salespeople that like in that manner to tell you. Follow the <clears> process, like you said, John. You trust the process, and that doesn't have to be CRM. That's the best way in my in, in CRMs. Digitizing is the best way to follow process because you we build it out so that the system's telling you what you need to do next. So it's easily adopted. If, if the system's telling you, it's very simple, oh, cool, I'm just gonna send that in. I don't have to think about those things that I had to before and be reactionary. I, and I see, it all the, I see it all the time. And that's the biggest you know, benefit of that happens with it. It's like when, when it, something comes in, their brain's not going, oh my God, what do we do? What's the things that we need? Do we have science? Do we have contracts? Do we have all this? Are we ready for this? What's going on? Um, instead they they're like they're they're rel- okay system says here's my my hail maps here's my thing all right we're going to go to this area it's easier to kind of collaborate and and become a team and have a culture there and work on that culture because the system i'm going to do the same thing i did yesterday as i i I'm going to do today because it's already set <laughs> i just i I need to take my talents out there and do what i do best and what i love doing I don't have to worry about what's the first thing I need to do. And I get, I get to look at it more strategically. I don't, I am like, Oh my God, we got to go. I think this neighborhood here, think this, no, it's just systematically once it's set, but we can't build a system without a process period. We can put, we can put stuff in there. That seems nice. That makes sense. But that's why I look for things like, okay, what's your process first? Let's lay it out. It's always, and when you get explained, it's the same. Well, sales guy goes out, gets pictures, gets signature. We do all this stuff. We, we put it in in we send get the folder into our admin, into the office. They go through, if they have a system, they put it in, um, they verify it. We talk back and forth to the salesman about a hundred times to make sure that we have everything right. So he's going back and forth. Now we're getting into production, production, trying to figure it out, doing the same thing, going back to salesman. What is this? Did you mean this? So they're spending a couple days on one file, three days on one file, just to get it to a point where they can schedule, like get materials and schedule. I have them walk me through that. I have them tell me exactly what that looks like. A lot of times they sit there and I can watch their face. You know why they're like, oh, okay. Like I hear it now, I'm seeing what I'm doing. And so now we're like, all right, Let's, let's kind of see. And systematically, I can take that and visualize it. We can start working through that. And um, it seems to work. I mean, obviously, the process, it's pretty quick, I'm sure. And it, it, when you go into and you see it really quick, you're like, oh, wow, you're, you're just kind of when something you're, you're treating everything micromanagely. You're, you're going into like, what do I do in this one job? Let me see how, what kind of nails they're using on this roof, because I want to make sure that I get that right fit, you know, and see, it's like that detail that they feel like they have to get because it's reactionary, they don't want to miss anything. When we can bring them back up and look at a process. I tell them 85 90% of the time, if we can get all your jobs and 90% of the time through the system like that, you're only dealing with the 10% of the things yep. that go wrong, and they really are wrong, right? They're really something they're special. So now you can devote more time, not a hundred jobs are special. These ones are special that I need. And it's not because our systems broke It's because this is an anomaly. Let's get down to the anomaly so I can focus my time on those. So that's kind of how with a process wise, when they start seeing that and seeing their own process, it's really kind of, it's a, it's, it's fun for them to kind of manipulate that and see, oh, wow, this makes sense. I'm not in here anymore. I'm here. And then I'm using this for the true expertise and talent that I have. That makes me uniquely great. That makes sense.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
2: I
1: was gonna build on that. that. So if that's okay, so like, Aaron said something great in there too. And then I I verbalize it in a slightly different way. But like, whenever I'm coaching and trying to help guys, I I put it as, because they say, well, I don't even know what my process is. I said, well, then take a month and do this. Mm. Take every step of the way, do it, document it, delegate it, right? If you can do it and you know what to happen, document it. Write down each step. I don't care how minuscule it looks. You're building that with that micromanagement, that microprocessor to put into the system later. But do it, document it, and delegate it. Because once you've done it and you've documented it, you know what it looks like. And it's easier to, to delegate, and just like Aaron said, as long as you can run ninety to ninety-five percent of all the work through there, now you're, you're just dealing with variables, and those variables are a lot easier to deal with. You know, if, if, I mean, we'll probably do five, six hundred groups, right? So if I've got to deal with ten people, you know, that's great. Like I'm, I'm happy with that. Like my process is working, my people are happy, my homeowners are happy. You know, I'm going to have ten people. With, heck, that's less than five percent. I'm happy. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, so so that's the way that I look at those things is, but guys don't know where to start a lot, a lot of times. They're they're just like he said, they're just because they're doing everything. And I think there's ego involved too, because they think that nobody can do it as well as them. And you know what? I agree. As far as a passion as, as an owner, right. I mean, you got a lot at stake, you know, but, but at the end of the day, if you don't do it, document and delegate it. And that's the thing I keep putting into the guy's heads is like, you have to go do it, document and delegate. I don't. I don't care if you if you like or not. Like I hate QuickBooks. I hate the backend bookwork of the of, of of the process. So what did I do the last three years? I've taken QuickBooks lessons. I've been on webinars. I'm trying to learn as much as I can, so I can systematize my whole process to where I don't have to deal with it. I can hire that out, right? I hire out a weakness. So, but until you get to that point to where that you understand that you have a strength and a weakness, and then you do it, document and delegate it, like it's really hard for guys to overcome and go to another level. Like they're, they're, they're going to be stuck in that airplane mode of just circling the runway of, you know, of a million to a million and a half because they're trying to do everything and they have that ego just get the ego out of the way, man, document what you're doing, do what's better for the people around you, hire people that you can change their life. Right. So that was our focus was my infrastructure build wasn't on a huge office and, you know, these big jacked up trucks like we got these little mini vans and everybody works from home but i pay my people more i have health insurance i can afford 401 k so i'm creating a better experience for all my other people that are in the you know that are on the team because we were able to systematize everything right so now i'm saving money on on overhead but i'm paying our our people a lot bit better and you know and that's the catalyst to everything is being able to have people if you don't have time to focus on people because you're focusing on the business, your your business is going to fail. You can't scale yourself. You can't scale yourself, man. Right. It, it's impossible.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I remember a conversation that you and I had once, John, and we were talking about you know how streamlined things that you know you guys had been able to make things, and we talked about you know how you needed less employees, right? And, and it really struck me at that point because you said. Yes. Could I have less employees? Sure. But the, instead of just saying like, Oh, I'm saving money cause I need less people. You said I was, I took that money and I put it back into the business to make the quality of life better for the employees that I did have. Yes. And that really hit a chord with me. I was like, man, you know, like what a great concept here. Like, yes, it's making us more organized. It's making us more efficient, which obviously in the long run is going to require less people, but reinvesting that time and and energy into the people that we do have just improve the culture of your company probably tenfold right and then that like you said you can't always necessarily trust people but you start to get people that are much more loyal that are much more uh you know involved in the process later much more champions of your business because you're taking care of them right yeah and and i think that's a, a huge piece i think that sometimes that's missed like we're just looking A lot of times just at the bottom line number, hey, I can save some money here by putting a process in play. But, uh, you know, obviously putting that process in play for you guys and adding that tech to the process, changed the whole culture of your company. Right. And and I want you to talk just really quick about adoption. Like how hard was it to get your team to adopt tech? Right. Because I think I know traditionally that's one of the biggest things I always hear. All my sales guys won't do this. Oh, this is they don't want to learn something new. They like the way they do it now. Right. So I think that that's one of the biggest hurdles that a lot of owners run into is you've got this group of people. They're very set in the way they're doing it in their mind. Things are not necessarily broken. How do we convince them to say, this is a better way, right? This is ultimately going to make your life easier. It might not seem like that right now because it's something brand new, you know, and you don't understand exactly how it's going to work. uh, You know, but for you guys, how did that, how would, how did adoption go? You know, did, was it a, tough at first? Did you guys, you know, were you able to show the benefits to the team? I know you guys are big on training constantly. Right. And, uh, you know, so I guess speak to the way that you guys were able to get the adoption and get the people on board.
1: Right. So I use the 21 and 75 method. That's what I call it. So after, after 21 days, it becomes a habit. After 75 days, it becomes a lifestyle. Right. So, when you look at it that way, so your first 21 days is the most challenging thing on anything that you do. So when you're adopting a new process or a new this, it's about incremental change. You can't just come in and say, we're switching everything and you're starting over right this moment. Like it's be very, very hard. So you literally have to structure it out. So like I'm working on a new system now that we're going to implement in February. So I've already got it laid out. I've got it documented. I know what I want it to look like. And one thing that I learned a long time ago is to help your people adopt it better is it's phrasing. Words mean something, right? So when, when I bring it to the team, like, all right, guys, I've got a cool idea that I want to experiment with, right? Because when I say I want to experiment, let's try this out, you know, give me your your feedback, what's working, what's not. When they're a part of the process, they dive in deeper to try to figure out, you know, they want to adopt it right? Because like, I'll say, here's my hypothesis on it. I think it's going to do this, this, and this, and this. Well, what do you guys think? Well, let's try this experiment, right? And so one thing about saying I'm trying an, an experiment is now it's not like you're going to do the process and this is w- what it is. Now I actually see what, what their actual mentality is, right? How they respond in it. And if it fails, guess what? It was an experiment. They're not mad at me now, right? You know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm not the leader that drove them down, went down a path that way that had them fail. Now it's, hey, we're doing this together. And the adoption process is a lot of that. Like I give everything 21 days, right? Whatever I put it into play, I measure it, test it, watch it, get feedback, call the guys, call call, call the staff and say, how's this working? What's some bottlenecks that you see? You know, anything that I do. And then if it's working, I, I keep on going. And then from day 21 to 75, we're tweaking it, man. We're just trying to make it better. Cause once it becomes day 75, and this is I mean, there's there's a lot of psychology that'll show this, but it becomes a, a lifestyle at that point, right? So it's incremental change. It's one percent every day. You can't you can't just go in there and overwhelm people who've done a, done something a certain way for so long. Um, so you just gotta slowly change things. I mean, it, it took me two years whenever I came here as as a partner with Ty what two and a half years now to get that slow incremental change. And we had a great team and, and we still have a great, a great team. But like we, we went from, I, I called it a shotgun approach, right? Where that's what I've always called it is where you come in, you drop a folder off, Everybody's at the office, the the production manager's trying to figure out what it was. He's going and trying to find pictures instead of having a way to document all that stuff. He's trying to find this. He's trying to find the contract. He's trying to put it together. Like he's spending an hour on one folder when when he can do it in five minutes now, right he pulls it up okay here's here's the contract here's the color here's what the pictures look like all that stuff is annotated ready to go okay we're putting ridge vent in here we're doing that like the process is so fast and simple now that the production end like it it it, it just runs itself almost so like it used to be <clears throat> when i looked at balances of 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 pay right when, when i say that of of like the ar it used to be like we, we shot for 85% of sales each month to build. Now I'm looking for 95 and 100%. Like my guys are selling it and we're getting it done in two weeks, right? Because, and, and we're collecting it within, you know, with, within a day or two. Like my AR, like we had a conversation with another coach the other day and, and she was like, what's your average time? I'm like, four days. Like that's my AR time. Because we're so effective all the way through that we collected right at the end of the job. She, she's like, most guys' averages are over thirty days, you know, of AR. I'm like, we don't have AR. Like we collect as we go because the process is there because every everybody hit, hit the right steps. So it's just about implementation. So the, the implementation is incremental change, right? 20, Twenty-one and seventy-five. That's why you, that, that's got that whole seventy-five hard. Um, uh, competition thing that they have, right? Because 75 days is when you break your your mentality that now it's a lifestyle.
0: That's yeah. awesome. I love that. How often do you see, I mean, I'm sure, Aaron, along the same lines, I'm sure you run into resistance here when you're you're implementing some of this stuff, you know, and, and how do you guys overcome that, you know, and how do you change that mindset when you're in there, you know, training a company, you know, and, and working on their flow and how they're going to adopt, you know, uh, a new CRM or some new software into their platform?
2: Oh man, it's every single, every single company, <laughs> every single one of them. It, we, you have resistance no matter what. Change is hard, period. Um, you have a dreamer typically that's like, this is everything I want. This is I really know what I want, and um, you have different companies that like. I think it's awesome, John, that you have this great culture that you have and that's so important for adoption as well if you have, if you're a good leader and you have a good culture your guys are going to follow you wherever they're because they they're already invested in you in the company in all all those things that because and so they're like all right let's i mean you've never steered me wrong before and when you do you you own it so we're we trust you my experience is that's not i mean that's uh not what i've Come up with right? That's not the people that I'm, I'm talking to. I'm talking to people that are completely lost. They probably have culture issues. they probably doing this thing the same way. They have, I mean, they have guys coming in and out because um, that's just the nature of the business and some and some of uh, parts of the business. Um, and uh, depending on what, how, how you're selling and what you're what you're providing the service for. So adoption is it can be really, really challenging. And I think on, on my part, what I would I, I try to talk to is like, listen, I I, I I hate that I have to go this route. But the sometimes with that situation, it's like, listen, where you talk about ego, you're probably going to lose some guys. They're probably going to not want to be here. You're going to have a lot of pushback. You're going to have guys that are going to tell you um, or, or folks that are going to tell you this doesn't work. I don't like it. This is never going to work. There's going to be all that. So adoption wise goes into where's, where's the work going to like, okay. First thing owner, Mr. Owner, you have to believe it and you have to be, cause you're the leader. You're the right. guy they're looking to. So you have to be the one that is going to drive this. There's a reason why they're coming to work and for you I find. Typically it's you pay me fast, right? We get. I don't have to. My production's pretty nicely, but it's going through. I'm getting work done, and then the last thing you have, like so many, con, so many contractors, are gonna do that. Those two things, pay and and produce, right? Um, then you're left with culture. How do I get to that piece, right? I have I have to give them a tool that allows them to to put more into production faster, so they can get paid more. So adoption wise. But that's kind of what you have to look at like how is this system benefiting them but if you don't have ownership on all things that doesn't work <clears throat> production pushes if production allows things to come through because they don't want to follow the process you're not changing anything there you're still gumming up the system that overwhelm is still there you're not getting to that collections faster boss man believes in it but comes down as like why are not we doing this so very much agree with small changes that's why I, what I call my stuff is the very first part of it is foundations. Let's identify your foundations. Let's mirror that. Let's, let's put it in the situation where you can see it. That's so big. They don't see it when they're doing it all the time. They're reacting. Oh, if I can get them to see everybody sees, then we can start working with something there. They they're actually doing the same thing they've been doing, they're just putting it to somewhere else they're waking up in the morning and not figuring out how am i going to get to the office to put my files together so i can get in production oh i just go here that's really simple i'm i'm spending an hour and a half in the morning doing this and then i get to spend 8 hours a day doing what i love doing getting them there is tough that that's the tough it this changes hard and adoption is in time i typically in my experience through this process for the last few years is um if the, if the, the, contractor, the company comes in, just like, just, and they get, I get this, just tell me what to do. I have no idea. Just, just lay it out for me. What do I need? They are ready. Cause there's been a rock bottom situation. That's how I look at it. They've hit the bottom. They know they don't, they, 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 they they're losing money. Now they're not selling as much. They're losing sales guys. They can't keep people on staff they're absolutely done. They know where they want to be. And they're willing to be like, listen, just tell me what to do and we'll do it. The others are are trying to break down that process. Um, and, and figuring out like, okay, and I tell them if this is going to be a year, like I, I start with that, it's going to take a good year for everybody to adopt this. And this is the challenges you're going to go through and clockwork. And it's like, <laughs> it's clockwork when I we tell them it's like, okay, they're first excited, owners really excited because they're looking at, it like, oh, man, concept is beautiful, right? Concept is like, oh, this looks exactly like I want it to be. But actually going in and starting to do it, that's where the real challenges are, especially when you have old school guys, you have um, the brand new guys. And what I found in the adoption, the really quick way to adopt is that all your new guys know no other system but this one. When those new guys, this has been my experience personally, when I work in for another roofing company, is the guys that were the million dollar sales guys, you know, the big guys that are are keeping most of the most of them keeping the lights on keeping the the company growing, right? Um, They had the biggest pushback. Because at that level, their their process is pretty locked in if they're doing a million a year, you know, I mean, they're locked in are they don't, it's, it's hard to change over to a new system. But then these new guys coming in, and they start learning only this and then they see and and there I'm working with them on what's broken I'm working with them like uh, because they're actually in it I get to have that relationship with them that oh man you're giving me feedback let's let's kind of make this better and working with the owner those type of things I'm working it better while these guys continue on their process well what happens is these new guys start posting numbers on the board they start they start killing it right so now their board is like, and these guys over here is like, one second, <laughs> what is this? Right? What are these numbers? How are yeah. they getting here when they are you know, they're barely learning? They're just selling out there. They don't know the components. They don't know what I know. So then finally, some of them they're like, you know, screw this. I'm I'm going somewhere else because I want to keep doing what I want to do. And turns yeah. out most of these guys. They probably been a problem for many years and you've had to, to babysit them for the last three or four years. Great. And you're only, you know, you can, you you can't justify like letting them go because they're bringing so much revenue. In. So you kind of give them a lot of passes. Now you change, they make their that decision for you. And then you get the guys, of course, I, I would uh, have it have like a Tuesday meeting where sales guys would come in and I would show them system. We get them, and at first it was all all the new guys that was the training process all the guys were on board with the tech they were in there they were they were start they were doing more jobs more work they would come like man I've I've done more jobs in the last three months than I've done my entire career right Hmm. finally these old guys these other guys have been doing it they've already winning in the in in this situation before the system they start seeing that And some of them that, you know, the the light goes on, like, wait, if I've been doing a million a year with the old system and these guys are doing this much, wait, I've got both things. I've been doing this for a while and now I have a system that I can double. I can double what I'm doing, but we have to get there. And so adoption wise, that's what I found works best, especially in a competitive environment no matter what you're gonna end and john sure, it's like you're always gonna have competition it's beautiful it's a great thing for yourself so have that healthy competition as you have that you work with that those both sides and intent and putting it out there and saying hey this is gonna be it could it i mean it's change no matter what change you're going through you're going to lose some people you're going to gain you're going to you're going to find out Some of these guys are really awesome and you didn't even know their name. And all of a sudden you're giving them the tool that they've been needing their entire time to succeed. And you're going to get a lot of, you know, going around the process. And that's, that was, that's where it comes back, back to the owner has to, the production manager has to believe in it because they need to be able to push back. They need to be able to say, it's not in the system, get back to the gatekeeper. You need to go through this. I was a gatekeeper. So many people, cause I was, I mean, I made sure cause I would believe in the system. I believe that we can do more work because I believed in that we had to follow that process. That's what was working. The ones that went around the process gummed up the system. So these five guys that put, what did the right thing are now waiting for this guy that went around the, if not everybody's on board. But if you have people on board and they push back, Fast. I I know that's kind of a different way of going about it. But if all I have, if the process, right, the systems are right and all that kind of stuff now as a company, I can really work on culture because that's the only differentiator now, right? The only differentiator from the guy down the street is my culture because the guy down the street could be doing the same thing. I'm doing the paper, all that you add tech and then you can start working on culture. Then you can get to a point when, or John, it's free that's so awesome that you have that it's um you don't hear that a lot that you have like hey let's be part of the process I I do do that is we're all part of this process but with the guy some of these guys I'm getting that come in they're just I, I I don't know what to do anymore and I'm losing guys I need some kind of foundational start so that I can start building this up my stuff can get people in there
0: Yeah, one thing that I want to talk about, I think, is a factor that gets missed so often in this. And, John, I think that you guys have really mastered it. To be honest, I I love the process that you guys have put into play is the customer side of this. Right. Like tech has done so much internally for our companies. Right. It's, It's allowed us to be cleaner. It's allowed us to be more organized. It's allowed us the flexibility to work from wherever we need to. But one of the things that tech has done is it allowed us to completely change the customer experience. And like, I know some of the things that, you know, you and I have looked at some of the things that you're doing, John, and uh, it just amazes me at how you guys have created this like world-class customer experience situation, you know, and I think that's huge, right? In a day and age where, you know, we have so much. Uh, we have such an educated buyer right now, and and you know the, it, it's so easy now for me to, you know, find out information on a company to you know go to their website to go to their Google reviews, right? So I'm much more savvy when I'm buying. I think so that you know customer experience is much much more uh, impactful. I think than it was before when you know it might just be me referring you to some friends of mine or something like that. It's a much wider reach now for me as a customer. You know a bad review can go a long way on google right so uh you know speak to the fact that you know how you guys have used tech to really bring the homeowner in and really improve how they're involved in the process like you said you know it really it kind of made the light bulb go off for me when you said you know uh we're collecting our ar in like four days you know what i mean but that's because of how involved the customer is in the process right
1: yeah, so I mean, in today's time of instant gratification, right, you have to put your pulse on what's going on right now. How do you buy, right? If if you want to order dinner, what do you do? You you go to the app, you go to DoorDash, Uber Eats, whatever, and I order it. And then this has been a good thing, right? I mean, because now it's instant gratification. I'm looking at, okay, my meal will be here at, you know, 12, 12, 12.03. Well, 12.02, I start looking at my app again, right? And then it's 12.05. So there's negative sides to it 1205 i'm like man they're two minutes late right so you have positives and negatives i call it the doordash effect you know mm. that that we created but so <clears throat> we teamed up with uh, get the referral and made our own app too and that really helped because now it's integrated in with job nimbus as well with with, with the crm and when it hits certain stages it just updates and boom your project is getting the the permit pool boom your project is are ready to schedule. Boom. We just scheduled you, your, your project. So we're doing that. Um, adoption rate of the app is about 65%, which is actually pretty good. I think, mm-hmm. I mean, I want to be a hundred, but I think we're like 60 to 65%. But for the ones that don't adopt the app, we're still sending out automated text messages, you know, ringless voicemail, right? So once it hits a certain stage in the, uh, you know, in the process, we're sending out a voicemail. And, and it's me going, hey, guys, this is John. One of the owners here. appreciate your all's business, blah, blah, blah. You know, it looks like that we got your project over here into the production side. You know, Andy will be reaching out soon. Like I make it as personal as possible. Like I literally just pick up the phone to call. And that's been huge. Like our 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 cancellation rates are way down. Right. You know, but because we don't get money down. So that was always a challenge is I don't get any money down. How do I keep somebody here? If my schedule is three to four weeks out, another guy comes in, gives my a price that's three three thousand dollars lower. They forgot about value, and they call in and want to cancel. Right. So that was that's the negative side to no money down is is cancellation rates. So our cancellation rates are 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 down to under three percent because of the communication. Like they don't want to talk to anybody else. I send them a text message. I send them an email. We try to figure out what their love language is, right? And mm-hmm. so I can set up automations to even send them Facebook messages. Like if they want to talk in Facebook, we just hit it and it goes to Facebook Messenger. Like all their communication from that point forward is in Facebook Messenger, um, and, it, and and it's automated. And so you find out what their love language is. Like if they want the phone calls, if they're going to look at the app, if they're going and and it's that's a complicated process to to try to figure out. But with the right integrations, the right teams, the right stuff, you can you know just click click a button and now everything is Facebook Messenger and it's, it's all coming back into the system. Right. So there's so many different, I mean, there's a plethora of, of veins that you can go down of how people communicate. So I was thinking about it here. It's like, you know, like uh, one of our, our our staff is like, well, I'm trying to call and set appointments and nobody answers the phones. And, and I was like, man, I got just so frustrated. You know, like I, I got in the frustration part of it. And then I just, I was sitting there on on the couch and a guy called me, like, I'll call him back later. Right. And then I forgot to call him back. Mm-hmm. So we live in the same time. So put your pulse on what's going on understand that people live in a different time now. So believe it or not, we we set a lot of appointments in text messages. People, that's how we communicate now. Because like we're in a podcast right now. I've got three or four, you know, text messages and I, you know, or phone calls. And I've texted back and said, hey, I'll call you back after this meeting, right? And then I might or, or might not call them back because I might or might not remember, right? So that's the thing is like you have to meet people where they're at. Right. Um, the app has been huge for us um, just with the with the transparency and the clarity, you know, because we put all of our pictures in there as well. Their documents go in there. And and that, again, is like when, he, when when we talk about adoption to tech, it's even harder on the consumer side than what it is inside of your own company. So I've got to give the customer a reason to want to download our app. You, I mean, I thought at, at first, oh, man, it's cool. We got an app. Everybody would want to download <laughs> it to see what's in there. No, like, it's like, no, it's like you, you literally got to pull them along, but hey, your pictures will be in there. Hey, your proposal will be in there. Hey, all the documents will go in there. All of your, you know, contracts will go in there. Hey, we put the warranty in there. Like, I got to give them a reason to have the app in the first place. And then the whole purpose of the app is to get a referral out of it. Right. And that's kind of what the whole basis of it is, is, is that I want them to share and, you know, and bring in referrals and watch the referral stuff build inside the app. But, the adoption of it was, was the hardest part. Um, So getting the customer to, to adopt, but again, that's that experience, right? So like right now, like, like Amazon is the biggest corporation in the world and I don't like ordering there, but it's so easy and convenient because the way my lifestyle is right. That I'm going to go into the app and and I'm going to order at Amazon or or I'm going to go to Instacart, right? Like Instacart was, was the best thing whenever I was sick because I couldn't go to the grocery store. But I go in there and I could shop and they would show up and drop it off at my ad, ad at my doorstep. And so it's, it's that mentality, like, man, like that's where we're at in life is. And, and again, guys, it, it, it comes down to what I said before too, is trading time for time. Like, so me and my wife were sitting and thinking like we enjoy going to the grocery store, but a lot of times it's me or her that goes, right? So there's just this one little tech product like Instacart, right? That's three hours of getting in the truck, We're going to the grocery store, picking everything out, putting it back in the truck, unloading it, putting it back in the house. Well, we cut two hours of time out of that. So now we're trading time for time. And so like what Aaron said earlier about guys that are frustrated and, you know, like I'll do anything, just help me. Like these guys are in a relationship spot in their marriage, in their, you know, in their friendships and all this stuff where it's just breaking down because they don't know how to transfer time for time. And that's Mm -hmm. all that customer experience is supposed to be. I don't want my customer to have to spend time calling me saying, when are you showing up to do my job? That's when they're frustrated. Because they Mm -hmm. have to take time out of their day to ask me when we're coming. Right? It's that same experience. So Mm -hmm. you want to meet the customer where they're at and what society is right now. Whether I like Facebook, whether I like everything that's out there, that's irrelevant because the numbers say and the – action say that that's where everybody's at. Right? You know, just like watching content on YouTube. Like everybody responds to negative content instead of positive. But we are positive people. Mm -hmm. Right. But all that started like if you really think think back and and I would have hit 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 beat with this with the reality T with T V light with like Jersey Shore stuff. Right? (laughs) Like everybody got into this trade wreck thing. So whether I like it or not, I can see why YouTube guys are making that tight with type of content. I'm not going to put out negative content. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying like the consumer, you got to meet them where they're at. Right. Mm -hmm. And if they're on Facebook right now, I I, I need to be doing Facebook ads. If they're, if they're, or, or or I need to be sending Facebook messages saying, Hey, your project is scheduled. Right. So that's the thing that you got to figure out. And it's tough, man. Like, Unless you've been in the game a while, you've got to get Aaron or somebody like Aaron to help build those integrations and understand how that stuff works. Because if not, you're going to be left behind, I think. Guys that don't get into the tech space and really start to understand it. Because that's how they buy right now. But they refuse to change their business to model what the customer is doing right now.
2: Yeah, I'm going to add to that. You absolutely like, and fortunately, I mean, fortunately, unfortunately, last year kind of drove that big change but into the tech world more like it became like this would be nice that we did too like this is the only way i can do business because it's getting scary uh, i want to add something to and john i think it's awesome that you have so you've kind of developed such great tools um and and putting these pieces all in place because obviously you know i'm sure like and we're behind the scenes and i know it started somewhere right it started small and then you built up because it, everything became small, right? So, all right, we're doing really good here. What's this other sp- that, like, customer communication? I know we need to do this. Um, I'm going to start somewhere first, and then I'm going to kind of build off of that and make it better. And I wanted to kind of uh, all the contractors that are look at, that are watching this is that it it doesn't have to be all that right yet. Cause that can get really big, really quickly. And it's one of those dream things like, oh man, I want to do Facebook. i want to do Instagram. I want to do all this. It's gonna be so great. I'm, I'm sending text message out all that's all automated. And that's, I get a lot of that. Like, I want to do all this stuff. It's like, all right, time out. What are you doing now? Oh, we're not doing anything now. Great. Okay. So this is what we're going to do. <laughs> right. And keep, and what I, I help keep them in mind is that, listen, if you are ahead of it, that's the only process right now when i move say in an automated set when i move a status to this i'm oh, i'm going to send an email out to my customer that's it i'm gonna send an email out to my customer and then they get the email and you've stopped the reactionary phone call because that and very simple you send that same email to your sales rep sales rep is a good sales rep he becomes a hero immediately because now he's calling the customer and saying hey no, if you just got that email, just want to see if you have any questions. That's it. Simple, simple stuff that can make a huge difference because I, like I said, the majority of the time it's communication that breaks things down. I don't want a customer calling me and say, Hey, what's going on? I want to be the one who's calling them because now that community, most customers, most customers are okay with changing, um, start dates of projects and they're okay. Most of them are if you communicate that to them and before it's happening and that the things that are out of your control, like materials and scheduling, those are out of your control. You communicate that to your customer. They're going to be pretty forgiving because they chose you, right? They chose you to do your work. And if you can continue that communication, just staying ahead of it. And it's impossible for one person to cut. Keep doing this. Taking the phone, sending emails. So let's automate that. That's the first thing. Just automate it and small little things. Five emails a customer can get. Five emails, even four, and feel um, uh, they, they they feel heard. Or they feel that we see them. That knows that's all they are. It's like the company saying, "Hey, I see you. This is what's happening." Or, "Hey, we've got everything else done. Now we're just waiting for your your project's date." This here, here's an email of, this is what we need you to do so we can prepare for your projects tomorrow. We're really excited. And then adding that, then you add these other pieces on as you go. Cause one that as these, what's a lot of these guys, they don't have the ability to invest in a lot of this stuff, but guess what? They start with this one little thing. In my experience is they will get there if they can, because that customer is not going anywhere. Right. They're gonna pay faster because they felt taken care of. Because this is, I mean, I a lot of times I talk to them. It's like this is a big process for a homeowner. Like they don't, they're like, I've never had a roof put on. <laughs> I've never had this work done before. I have no idea what to expect. Now, as I was like, great, that's what I'm here for. I'm your expert and I'm also your buddy. I'm 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 a guy in your corner. I'm gonna I'm gonna walk you through this whole process. So then you get back you know the you know i next next door got a new roof i i get the mechanics now but man my guy this company man they're so communicative they i'm going to tell everybody because i trusted them through the entire process because i know i have no idea what what's going on here but i felt taken care of because it is their most uh, you know precious investment of their entire life that they're trusting you to do it should be very like um white glove situation here and and only your project manager salesman can provide that but you got to help them out yeah and the system can do those type of things and it doesn't have to be this massive campaign at first it can be so simple that it just keep it just it, it reaches more people and they feel and let your guys not have to worry about and it feel like it's their fault that they have it or putting it all on them because it would be right if I'm putting it all in the sales guy they're not going to be able to do as much work that they want to because they're spending all day calling all their customers or most likely getting that reactionary call and spin I actually have a client I talked to a guy up in uh, Massachusetts and that that flat out said yeah most of my day is filled with customers calling me and I have to tell them oh this is what we're waiting on hey, this one I was like, let's let's flip that it's a really quick flip we don't even we don't even have to build out a process guys at times we don't have to build out. we just say okay move it here to here (laughs) that's all i need you to do we can we can automate it if you will but let's get these customers communicated to first because that is where that's where the you're you're uh um plugging the holes in the comedy, real quick, just let's let's put some some tarps around some of this stuff by helping the communication, really quick. Then let's build out that process a little bit. Those are things that very important, and I mean, because when that faucet dries up and customers don't want to come to you, you have a much bigger problem than uh, a good process
1: and good production. And and building on that, Aaron, too, just back with it, real. So you said a couple a couple things there that really got my mind turning with it that's where we started at. We started with just an email, right? And then mm-hmm. we saw the reaction like, okay, now I'm cutting my, my, my call volume down, you know, cause at the end of the day, like we, we, 15 years ago, it was all about phone calls and people answering the phone and, you know, making phone calls out phone calls in, you know, I, I went to a no call initiative, right? I want to make, after the sales are made, I'd like to have zero phone calls right and, and and it sounds stupid like it's anti-customer service but actually it's pro-customer service because you're proactively giving them the information that that people are, are seeking and craving right that they have mm-hmm. zero like so it it creates other issues there right because we haven't called them right so like at after the job's done we're trying to get like the certificate of completion signed or something and we're calling them and calling them and calling them because they won't answer the phone because we we trained them in our process we're, we're going to send you an email so then you got to learn to automate other things. But when you break it down to my thought with it was a zero call initiative, like I don't want the customer to call us and I don't want to have to call the customer, right? Not because I don't want to talk to them, but but I think if your customer services is, is good enough, like your sales guy did a great job, right? Yeah. They'll call their sales guy, right? Mm-hmm. They'll be calls there. Hey, listen, I'm just checking in on things. But they typically will call and say, hey, I just got this email that said that you guys are still about a week or two out. Like, that's the call that they're getting. They're not getting the mean or hateful call. It's like, you know, hey, listen, we're going out of town for Thanksgiving the whole week. Could you go ahead and schedule it the week after the week after that, like, we're getting the communication call back, right? Or mm-hmm. they're sending an email back, you know, so meeting the customer where they're at, and, and not all customers are there. So mm-hmm. we are doing calls, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you get an over 60 crowd right now, they still pick up the phone and want to talk to you. And that's great. And you know, that's who I want to pick up the phone, the phone and call. But my zero call initiative is what built that after I started that that small automation of emails, just leaving the system and the, and the, the homeowner going, great, thanks, you know, with the update. And we're like, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. And so now it's once we find out what their love language is, now we're sending that either in a different platform. So mm-hmm. it, it'll take customer service to a new level, but just just with an email and a maybe a text message automation, just those two things would would yeah. change the whole di- with dynamic of your business.
2: And I was gonna add that that makes in your, that system, what's really cool is that that phone call becomes a, a wow factor versus a necessity, right? If I get a phone call, I've got all this, uh, now I'm just, and it's, it can be any sales, rep. I mean, can new guy that's really bad at doing that, you know, cause they are, not everybody's great at, at doing that. The guys that are doing, at least you have a, a baseline communication tool. So if that baseline is still good. You're good. Whereas the other guys at, and that's, you can, the value goes up when like, Hey, you know, customers seem to do this more if you do, I mean, and this, it's leave it up to the sales guy or the the, the cust or the, whoever's working with the project manager, like, you know, it'd be awesome that if you did this. That's their thing. It becomes a wow factor versus, oh my God, I didn't for- I forgot to call that guy. What, what am I going to do? Um, I've got eight calls and everybody's yelling at me. I'm shutting down. <laughs> I'm turning off the lights. I'm going to bed. Right, that they're not going to deal with it, and that's yep. it. And so, that's so great. It's like baseline is they're getting communicated to in a lot of different ways, and then, sales guy calls me because he's awesome. That's a great place to be for a sales guy, not because he's yeah. saying, "Oh, I forgot to call you." Man, that's that's great. And I, I, uh, that's that's a that's great knowledge for any contractor out there. Is like, it's not going to have to be. You're not going to be there right now but it's possible to get there and you just go one, one nugget at a time.
0: Cool. I mean, I think we could talk about this topic all day, <laughs> <laughs> <That's> <laughs> but uh, just to kind of bring it back and, and a last question for you guys, and I'll give you guys both a, an opportunity to answer this, but you know, let's say I'm a traditional contractor. Maybe I'm still a pen and paper guy. You know, like we did a, a webinar a couple of weeks ago and we asked the question, you know, who's, how are you guys quoting? And, of the people on the webinar said with pen and paper, like I'm actually writing a quote, you know, and that blew my mind. Like still half the people that were listening to our webinar were quoting, but with a pen and paper, you know, that still weren't uh, using something, a platform to do that. So my question for you guys is if I'm not a guy using tech, what tech do you guys see? Obviously CRM, right? We talked about that. The importance of that as kind of like your cornerstone piece what other pieces of tech do you guys think are a must have? Like if I just had to pick kind of like a bare bones tech stack, what are the pieces that are really going to make a huge impact and make a difference and really kind of set me up for success and John, I'll let you, you jump in there first and, and just say like, I, I mean, obviously you guys have employed a lot, you know, but when you started out, you know, what were the pieces that you said, like, these are must haves, like these are things that are going to make your, you know, immediate impacts on our business.
1: So the the first three texts that we really did was Job Nimbus, Company Cam, and Paul Sam actually. So it was and, and I was and, and then it, and then we went to text magic. So the, those are the four that I really started with. So like I was able to build my process inside of Job Nimbus with automated emails, automated that type of stuff. And then I was still using Excel spreadsheet for all my guys to get their pricing. So, I mean, you kind of mentioned that. So now having an online software capabilities, you know, no, no matter what you use, whether you use the roofer, the roofer proposal tool or whatever it is, like that piece to me is probably the next step that you have to have. Because now you can control pricing, right? Even if I've got my CRM and I've got my company cams and I've got my my review <clears throat> management tool, right? Those are very, very important as your core. But when when you think about how I'm going to be making money and being profitable, you know, a, a proposal tool is probably the number two thing that you got to get in there because now I can I can control what the, what the pricing is. I can see it. My guys aren't just out there willy nilly. Hey, go do it for four hundred bucks a square, six hundred bucks a square, and they're writing stuff out. Now they have to re- rely on a system and process that I control. Right. I control the pricing and we saw that our I mean, our bottom line just I don't say I don't say skyrocketed, but it doubled. I mean, you, you go from four to five percent to eight, ten percent. That's that's a lot by right? just implementing a, a proposal tool that you have full control over. And when you think about it this way, like I wrote down a note a minute ago. <clears throat> I call it the Bill Belichick approach. Right. You just have a system and a process. I just need to put a player in. Right. So we have a we have a system and a process. I got to put a player. I mean, I I need talent along the way to make it to make it better. But I can still win. You know, I I can still go 10 and 6 or 12 and 4 every year with with my process, whether I've got the top talent or not. You know, and so that's the whole purpose of that is like I don't recruit inside of the industry at all. Like every one of my sales sales guys I, I currently have never sold a roof before they came here. And I plug and play them. I train them for three or four weeks at the beginning of the year. And because of the proposal tools, because of the stuff that we have, they're successful. I mean, you know, all my guys will be over a million dollars this year, right? And I've got four brand new guys that have never been in the industry, and have no idea how to sell it. a route, you know, plus my, my returning guys. So the process is give them the tools that they need to make their job easy and then give them the ability to build the relationship. That's the most important part of this is being able to talk to the customer and build the relationship. So using tools like roofer, right? You don't have to measure the um, roof anymore, right? We were to report with every job and then our guys just show up and, and it's already in their estimate. Like they build the estimate the night before all they do is import all those numbers. Boom, there's your price, right? So they don't have to think about that stuff anymore. So when, when you take out that hour of work and make it, Three minutes, they got you know an, an, another fifty-seven minutes to talk to their customer instead of worrying about, oh, I've got to get this number right. I got to make sure all that stuff's there. Does it work every time? No. That's why it's it's a process and 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 it's a game of numbers, right? They might miss a number. They might have missed this one little thing, but overall, when you bring the bottom line up from four to five percent, up to eight, nine, ten, twelves, you know, because you have a process, to me, that's that's the most important number. And then you can get back to what really matters. When, when you have the right tech stack, you know, if 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 there's any if it, if there's any advice that I can give to entrepreneurs or even just roofing contractors or get into business, the hardest part of your job is managing people and personality. That's the hardest part. You make it hard on yourself by not having a process, right? Because now you have to deal with the process and manage the people and personality personalities is is the hardest thing. So if I could get to the point to where all I'm doing is managing personalities because the process is working, I mean, your life changes. I mean, your your freedom changes. The way that people interact with you changes. Like your whole team feels safe to come and talk to you about about things, right? Because I don't have to micromanage and say you did this wrong or this wrong. You know, I read a book years ago, but it's, it's a one minute manager. It's a really good book just to keep some quick ways of how to manage people. But the one thing that I pulled out of it was you look for things that they're doing right. Right. You know, don't accidentally always talk about the things that they're doing wrong. You know, so like I make it a point to find the things that that they're doing right on. So when it comes time to talk about the things that they're doing wrong, it's now constructive criticism. It's not micromanaging. Right. So I make that point, man, you're doing a really good job with X, Y, and Z. And then I leave it at that. I don't. I don't go into. But I need you to do X, Y, and Z as well. Because as soon as I use the word "but," it negates everything. You know, yeah. behind me, right. <laughs> so, so I use the word "and" instead of "but." So that's one thing that you got to learn. But, but if you're able to put the right tech uh, tech stack in place, and it's incremental, right? Start with the CRMs and, and then grab the company cam and use a roo- 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 roofer to get your measurements. And even with roofer, the reason why I like it is it is more accurate. And people are like, well, it came back and they and they didn't give me the uh, pitch on it. And I'm like, yeah, that's the beauty of it. Like, you can go in there and edit it and feel verify everything. So we're way more accurate mm-hmm. on our measurements because I feel verify. I'm not relying on other sources that say this is the pitch of the measurement. Like, if it's wrong, you know, all my guys do would do now is verify pitch in two or three measurements, and they go right into the report and change it. And now we're super duper accurate because, you know, the baseline of it's there all the reporting mechanisms are going to be very very similar right like if i order uh, reports across the board they're all going to be similar but when i can get in there and get detailed and uber accurate and just train the staff so now i'm training my guys on that like how to get the pitch and how to get two measurements they don't have to measure the roof right all they're gonna do is go in there and change this this one even and and this pitch is a 512 instead of a 412. i mean one square in, incremental difference on every job and you you're doing you know, 600 jobs a year, you know, that's 600 squares that you would lose in, you know, either overbidding or underbidding, right? So those are the things there. So tech stack, keep it simple to get started. You got to have a place to, to store and collect data. That's the first thing that you got to do. Then I, you know, whether that you use company cams and those types of things, like company cam works on our process because I don't have the project managers or the CEMs, as we call them, customer experience managers, they're not in Job job Nimbus. But I don't need them there, so I can save some money and some training, if you will. All they need to you know is take a picture, scan, scan a document, put it in the system, right? <laughs> and that's that's what I need them to actually do for the admin portion. So, you know, yeah, but the, the proposal tools, in my mind, change the game. I've been trying to do it for 10 or 15 years. And i would built up these elaborate um, Excel spreadsheets to where you punch in a number and it gives you a price. Because I didn't want my sales guys to have to be out there. F- well, one is I protected my, my pricing and, and my profitability, right? I wasn't training my, my competition, right? I wasn't training my sales guy to leave to start up his business because he had no idea how, how the computation worked, right? All he knew was he put in 25 squares and all the e-footage and all this stuff and it gave him a price of 10,000, right? He didn't know what all the algorithm was and so you're able to control that and then you'll have a better happier sales people because you can pay them more right they'll they'll stay longer because they have great systems and processes and like one thing that i i mean and, and i'll say it here it's, it's nothing that i want to like brag about but i do know this that most of my sales guys if they would leave our system and go to another one they would probably fail because we do so much of the work for them right now They'll win and, and the report, the building and all that stuff, too. But when guys have recruited out of our system, they're like, oh, man, he's a $2 million salesman. Well, he goes over there and sells 700000 because he doesn't have the support in the system behind him. And then the that other owner gets frustrated, like, well, I don't understand. Like, you, you're you one of the top guys. Well, it's because they're, implant, they're implanted into the system. And they, they have a proposal tool. They have all the measurements done you know, the, the old school way of doing things, our guys don't fit in that system at all. Like if, if they leave us they they, they, they find a new industry and I don't have any turnover. I mean, well, I have, have some occasionally, like, I mean, in three, three years, I've, I've lost two guys. You, you know what I mean? I mean, that's, I mean, in, in my mind compared to what it was 10 years ago, that's, that's fantastic. You know, and we just keep adding to the team and I've lost two guys and, one we got rid of, and one let left to go to competitor, and then he came back. So because the system failed, right? He's like the grass isn't greener on the other side, right? <laughs> so yeah, that that would be be my thing. Start simple. Get with a get with Aaron. Get with guys like that that can help you whiteboard that process, right? Because you got to know from beginning to end right from capturing a lead to converting that lead to building the job to controlling the whole admin part of this like there's a four-step process um and 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 the cool part about being in the roofing industry is guys can just come in with a a tool bag and a hammer and start knocking on doors and putting on roofs. i mean it it is an entrepreneurial spirit but the reason why 96 percent of the guys fail in the first three to five years is because they don't set a foundation start with you got to have that structure and that foundation because you know the guy that comes in as a great craftsman right i mean he starts getting word of mouth and he starts at 10 roosh a year to 20 to 50 to 100 once he hits the 100 he's a great craftsman but he he doesn't know how, how to run a business you know he doesn't know how to i mean and, and and that's one of the major types of guys and they go out of business in five years because he tries to scale and he doesn't train he doesn't have a process he doesn't have 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 a way to check people mm. and then you got the guy that was a um Begrudging salesman that thought that he could do it better and then he leaves, right? And then mm-hmm. he starts up his own business and all he's focused on is, is, is making money and pulling money out of the business and buying boats and everything else that he can think <laughs> of, right? right? And then it goes downhill because he doesn't know how, how to manage money and invest in people. So that's the, that's usually your, your, your two types of interest. Um, and then, then you got guys who want to do the business and do the business right and pay and pay the fees. Mm-hmm. well. Listen, guys, I'm happy that the process that we built, my my partner Ty and I, which I mean, it was his family name for 42 years in Pittsburgh now, right? That we've got two sales, sales guys that will make more than us this year. And people just get like, why would you want to do that? Because I'm still making a little piece of the pie on every job. I want them to go out there and and, and take care of their family because they're trading their time for time now instead so of time for a month right so now they it's changed their life as well so I'm glad to write those checks you know that 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 makes me feel great $10,000 commission boom here here you go like enjoy it dude like you know go go spend time with the family Um, yeah I mean Aaron what are your
0: thoughts just real quick what do you want to add as far as uh, you know, a tech stack and what do you think are the essential pieces? I mean, I think we even touched on it a little bit in the conversation we had last night, um, you know, but like, what would you see as like the must have pieces?
2: Right. Um, I think because there's different, two different kinds of like I'm noticing in the country, it's like you have your storm guys and you have your, your retail guys. And so that can, that can differ a little bit, but, um, I think one CRM a place, uh, I'll echo John there a place to put the data. Um, that's definitely first thing. And most of them, most of the CRMs, you some you can actually just have that. Most of the CRMs, you can just have that for now to learn and put that in there. Put data in there. There's automations that you can you can really beef up some of these these systems to allow you to put an estimate in because that is super important. The faster you get to um, managing that the the, the money <laughs> um, and where you can see that the better even it's super simple like in the storm Storm stormers all they're going to have is a a, um, an rcv really so find a place an estimate in the software put that in there and that's it for now you know those are things that you can start simply um it's the the outside proposal systems are absolutely something that is really really helpful really really great kind I mean in the very beginning maybe it's it's a little bit more it's kind of a decision of should I have a CRM or do I just want these to, to sign contracts faster and give them a really nice um, layout? It's, it kind of is like how I look into what John was saying is that um, to, to the guy who goes out there, a good craftsman, right? And it's in the CRM, you know, you see your process. Listen, contractors have great processes. They, they are great people for process. That's what I guess I mean. Great people because guess what? You put a roof on the same way every single time you have nuances, but they're good at following tasks. Like that's how they learn it. You know, that's how people learn things. They get on there. This is a way to do this. So we take that and throw into a system. It's like, see, you already knew how to follow a process. So we, you just don't, you're just putting it so different these between this, that, that you think it's completely different. Over, it's not, it's just a process. Now we're just going to get you in a system, just like you have a system on the roof. Let's put it in a digital, digital situation. So having a CRM, I think is number one, having, uh, I mean, a full, fo- like outside, um, camera photo, um, photo program, like company cam, um, mainly because, um, some serums just don't work for, for the company. They can choose one and, and not lie and not at the other, the hardest thing to, to get if you need to move, if you need to go a different serum, because it happens, the hardest thing to move is documents and pictures, and so everything else, all the other data, if you need to push out, you can. But documents and pictures are really tough. So utilizing a different system like Company Cam, and I don't know what people are going to think that I'm saying this, but this is my, this is what I'm saying, like Company Cam, or uh, is being able to have that data outside to be able to make those decisions if if you have to choose one you know wisely um reach out to me i help with i help with that and kind of looking at your process and your system that you have now what will be the best fit for you i kind of work through that and and so that you can my my goal is once you find one and and john is once you find a system i want i want you to stay there so if if the way to stay there is to make sure it's malleable. You can move the process around. You can actually create your, your um, environment within the system. You're not going to go anywhere. You're, if, if anything, you'll get too big for the system. That's possible. But majority of the time I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> I mean, and we're talking like an international company some of these, they'd have to be gigantic and it wouldn't make sense to stay in a system, but yeah. ideally CRM the photo is. If that's all you have right now, it's all that you can do. Great. We can work off of that um, uh, uh, data data catcher and getting your documents and and pictures in a place where they can be in both places to integrate. Then you would start looking. I think at proposals and and any kind of measurement tool is great. And in in like the storm markets, a canvassing program would probably re- really good. Mainly to what you said, John. I can, I can start with my sales guys or my knockers in just the canvassing app, just going out and, and getting, getting to the inspection. And then once it gets there, it pushes in the CRM. now they're not in that, that stack there. What, what makes it really cool is that most of them will pull in the, 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 the actual address and everything in there. So if that's happening, guess what they're not doing. They're not typing out the address. They're gathering it from the system, they're verifying it. And then when it pushes to their to their CRM, it's not they don't have to change anything. And that's a big thing, right? That duplicate information, if using those kind of apps, it, they never actually have to, unless it's not available, very, very um, rarely you have to put in their address, their name, all that. It just pops over. So now it's in my CRM. I literally had one click in this situation, maybe two and it's now it's there and I and we have good data going in there finding that as you like it's not needed like it's not you need to have that um, but it's probably that next to for lack of duplication because that's where that's where you get the less adoption rate, right John it's like if I have to if I have to do this I've to write this down or type this in three or four times I might as well keep putting it on my spreadsheet I might as well do it here because at least you know I'm in one place so trying to, to find that little circular, you know, uh, canvassing app, CRM, photos, take your photos, come back in there. As far as proposals go, if that's what you're the only paperwork that you have out there right now is your contracts, okay. You know what I mean? That that's fine. We can work with that. I, the practice of getting into a system is so key. Once they have that practice, that foundational, they're doing their part, they're and and they're learning handoffs or systematically versus handing in a folder. Once they're there, sky's the limit. That the, the ideal is, it's a little bit challenging and difficult here to put it into a digitized process. But if I do that, do that hard work now, now we get the opportunity, and like John's done really, really well, is this is uncomfortable first. Now I'm gonna make it easy for you. Now that we're here, we've made it part of the practice, gone 75 days. They get that they have to get and they're finding the benefit there. It, it's hard because it's change. But then the next level is I can take, I can start making it, putting bells and whistles. I can make it awesome. And so they're in that, that's the only time they're in that really kind of difficult space. And now that's getting easier and easier and easier. And they're having more lo- more um, value. They're at They're selling more. All that stuff starts happening because they just had to make that big leap into a system. So CRM first, um, and an outside camera um, program like, like company cam. And um, then from there, you're at least starting that data transfer and a fast and easy. And then we're at we're starting to remove the paper and adding, um, like just marrying things like this is your proposal that you usually do because it's on word. Did you know you can do um, uh, you, you can do this digitally? That makes it really, really quick. That's, that's something that we need this first. We need the CRM first. You need to know that so that when we do this, you understand the need for that data coming over here, we've done it hard. Now we're going to make it a little bit more like easier for you and simpler for you, and you're not having to, to you're not learning another system and you're enhancing the, the system that you have.
0: All right. Well, I appreciate all the insight here today, guys, I think that, you know, just a wealth of knowledge, uh, obviously from both of you guys. And it's, it's been great insight, I think, into what's made you guys successful, uh, you know, and what you guys have done to help other companies become successful. And, uh, you know, I think just, um, you know, some great starting points for someone who may be trying to get into using tech more. Uh, and I think the biggest thing is just, you know, using this to kind of standardize what you're doing and to, you know, really, be able to scale. Like all of us want to have a bigger business, right? Like we all want to, you know, grow our business. Hopefully that's why we're in business. Right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, and all of this is great insight into how you can do that, why you use these tools to do that. And, uh, I really appreciate you guys taking the time. Uh, you know, you guys are both busy, so I, I really appreciate you taking the time out of the day to, to talk with us and, and run through this stuff.
1: No problem, man. Appreciate
0: it. It's been fun. All right. Thanks. Thanks Pete. This is awesome. All right. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it.